Randy Stonehill is known as one of the fathers of Christian rock music, and Randy's uh, been kind enough to take some time and join the antidote and share his thoughts on Christian rock music and how it's moved from its infancy to uh, today's era. Randy, your first album, Born Twice, it debuted in 1971, and it's considered one of Christian rock's most influential albums. What kind of reception did the album receive and Christian rock in general back in 71? Well, you know, Dave, um, that was, well, it it certainly received um, a mixture of responses because that whole approach to sharing the gospel was so fresh and new. I think in truth, though, the record that really put me on the map was one called Welcome to Paradise. Uh, And that came out in 1976. I know that... um, that's the album that's actually thought of as as one of the seminal works of the of the genre, along with uh, Larry Norman's uh, "Only Visiting This Planet," and I think Amy Grant's "Age to Age." Um, but so it was really interesting uh, to, like I said, to see the response to the music. You had it was there was a great polarization. Um, you had, I think, some of the perhaps more cautious old school thinkers looking at rock and roll and thinking oh no good thing can come of this you know and uh but you know for guys like me uh for whom that music was such a powerful voice in my own life i was just doing what came naturally i was going well i was thinking well this jesus came crashing into my life this is nothing less than miraculous and i want to share it with the tools i've been given so I just was kind of guileless and and uh, doing what I thought I should do, and then I found that my generation, kids that would never think to darken the doors of a church, we didn't even know what that was about, they were hearing the timeless message of the gospel in their own language. And so, like I said, there was a vast polarization. We had a lot of raised eyebrows, a lot of doors slammed in my face. The exciting thing was this sense of that God was at work, and we had you know this whole new generation hearing the gospel in a way that was accessible. So the church was changing then. Relevancy is the common word used today, but uh, it even applied back then. So what about your music in the last uh, decades? Is the message still the same? I think foundationally it is, um, because the message still is about God's version of reality and our longing for hope, and the fact that it can only be found through the nail-scarred hands of Jesus and relationship there. I think, by God's grace and a lot of homework, I mean, I think I've gotten better at what I do and more more nuanced. But, you know, the key directive has always been the same. Uh, which is to just show how Christ is you know, intimately acquainted with and completely relevant to every facet of our humanity and our journey. In regards to Christian rock in general, do you really feel that it has a, you know, a significance in the general market? Or is Christian music or Christian rock designed just strictly for a Christian audience? Well, you know, um, I think there have been lines... There, there has been a bleeding, you know, over of uh, across lines to some extent, and I, I think perhaps you can't even define it specifically in that there are uh, there are artists who are Christians who have a, a passion and a sense of calling to take their work to clubs, to colleges, uh, really beyond the church boundaries. 
But yeah, but I, I tend to look at the situation and think, yeah, you know, I think to a large extent it really has been uh, sequestered. Um, and uh, I, I think it, it can be encouraging and challenging to the church body. But I, I still imagine that God has designs broader than that. And I've seen that become, you know, a reality to some extent with groups like uh, Switchfoot. Oh, I don't know. There there are several now probably that have come up in the last 10 or 15 years, most of whom I cannot name. But there are some some guys that are taking it to the streets. Uh, But yeah, I think for the most part, especially with the worship movement, um, it has become more in-house. And I, I find that somewhat disturbing. No, it's true, because I do know some other bands, and they're one band in particular, and they entirely play bars. We'll play the odd Christian music festival, but yeah, they really feel that they want to reach out to people, and uh, and they're quite well accepted that way. But what about how the industry itself has changed so much in the last 40 years? I mean, you've experienced just going from vinyl to, uh, to cassette to CD and now digital, what are the pros and cons for how the industry itself has changed? Well, I don't have a, a whole lot of good things to say about the industry. But yeah, there certainly have been big changes. It troubles me when I see that it's primarily commerce-driven. And uh, most of the, of the Christian record companies are now their narrow-cast situations owned by secular companies who are all about the money. They tend to, as far as I can tell this is my two cents worth, they tend to focus on a a genre or a a new movement that is creating, um, appealing to a broader audience, and they'll they'll bear down on that because they think, well, that's where the record sales are. And And sadly, I see that even in worship music and also how the companies interact with radio. Radio has become much more linear um, unless it's privately owned. And it, it's praise and worship music. This is the the current genre of the past several years. And some of it is excellent, but the point is, I still see it being co-opted, you know, by the big machine who's just going, okay, this is, this is where the money is. So that's frustrating to me. But I do remember that God is God, and he's just very clever, and he's always way ahead of the curve. The, the happy thing I see is that with the advent of the Internet— record companies, they're becoming all but obsolete. And so you have a global voice with the internet, and there's so many people out there creating their own websites and just building their own audience with this amazing new voice of cyberspace. So I, so I think that's the hope for the future. I, I don't know what's going to become of record companies I suppose they're still relevant to a small extent with maybe the top 10% of really big selling artists. But yeah, beyond that, I, I always thought the industry was dysfunctional. And and I come in, my, my role, of course, is not to be a snob or cantankerous, but to come in. And when I was with a record company for many years, I thought, well, okay, I'm just going to try to be the best team player I can uh, and pick my battles carefully. So now, of course, you're just producing and distributing just your material on your own. Yeah, I am doing that. Uh, I have had some uh, distribution to store outlets with the past couple of records, but um, that's sort of a sidebar issue. 
Uh, I mean, a sidebar element, it's just not that effective. As I continue to present myself and my work before the Lord, you know, a living sacrifice and say, hey, I'm yours, what do you want? What would you have of me? Um, I watch him continue just to open doors. And so I'm, I'm very excited and I'm very busy. Uh, and then I'm just trying to be a good steward and continue to grow my own ministry and my own audience, you know, with, uh, by utilizing Facebook and, and, uh, and the website and seeing where God will take it. Well, God has kept you in business in the music industry and as a performer and sharing his word for 41 years. Back in 82 from a vinyl LP that I have, you know, we had your song, which was called Turning 30, which everybody knew and everybody loved. So now how is it when you're turning 60? Well, you know, I'd, I'd comment on that, Dave. But frankly, I forgot your question. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I, I think, frankly, I mean, I, I've, I'm blessed to still have spring in my step. Uh, I'm enjoying my 41st year in music ministry. I consider that as an honor to have been doing what I'm called to do for a full generation of, of time. And, um, yeah, I'm not quite 60 yet, but it's coming up next March. But, you know, the reality is um, I'm probably more passionate now about what I do than I ever was because through the years, by God's grace, I've gotten the main thing into focus, which is really communion with the Lord. And when you get that, oh, this is, this is what life is about, and you really are tasting that in a personal way, then you become more and more passionate about sharing it. And I think I also recognize the privilege of having any participation at all in God's eternal purposes. And that privilege comes more sharply into focus the more you look down the road of your life and you realize, man, you know what? There's a lot more road behind me now than there is ahead of me. There's only so much daylight. So I think, well, okay, so by God's grace, it's Haggai 2.9, you know, and the latter glory of this house will be greater I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. The latter glory of this house will be uh, greater than the former, you know, says the Lord of hosts. You go, okay, well, let me, I'm going to take the, the last season here, and as I really press in hard with the Lord, I think I'm going to watch him make it, um, you know, a hundred times more dense and meaningful than all the years behind me. Well, it's great that you're still able speaking to audiences and sharing your word and your music and your faith to so many for so long. Now, this is album number 29. you got a lot of albums under your belt. Spirit Walk, I haven't had a chance to hear it yet, but describe a little bit about the album and, and the current tour that you're doing right now. I know I'm encouraged to be hearing that if I may say, <laughs> that's my interview, I, I, I can say, yeah, that the album's being, um, people are starting to talk about it as one of my best, which makes you feel good. You go, okay, well, I've been digging deep and I've been practicing and I think I've got more to say now than I probably ever did. Stylistically, it's a mixture and I like that because it just, it just keeps things interesting. It, you know, you can't really pigeonhole it except that. I've always been a lover of a story worth telling, and then I've always tempted to tell one well. All the world, Dave, all the world leans in to hear a story, you know, because our lives are stories that are still unfolding, and, and I, I just think that's the common denominator in my work. Um, if you had to pigeonhole this a bit, it, it would sort of go in probably more in Americana 
then you know or i don't know if there's like alt gospel or something it's because it's it's a bit rock and roll but it's also acoustic driven in places and i think you know you could describe it as a festive potpourri it's time for me to pick a language and commit i suppose but yeah so i think you know it's it's pretty diverse and colorful and i hope you like it Thanks for uh, taking some time out of your busy schedule, Randy, to talk to the listeners of The Antidote. Thanks again, Randy. Uh, My pleasure, Dave, and and, uh, God bless all you radio listeners out there. Just remember, the key directive is abide. Abide in the Lord that loves you and knows your name.